I'm looking forward to the ministry that we'll share together. I'm looking forward to how God will use us as the people of God and how he will work through St. Barnabas. And so as we approach Christmas, what I wanted to talk about was hope. That at Christmas, hope will be restored to us. You see, I think one of the things that happens when we don't meet together is hope can slip away. You see, hope is something that's fostered within community. Hope is something that lifts as we gather and remind each other. And when we're not gathering and we're not reminding each other, hope can drift. Our faith can drift. That's why in Hebrews it speaks about how you should go on meeting together lest you be discouraged because you're not meeting together. We need to meet together in order to foster hope within our hearts. And so as we meet uh, this morning, as we meet through Christmas, I believe what God wants to do for us is to really restore hope inside of our hearts. Maybe hope where it's been lost, maybe hope where it's never actually been before. I feel like God wants to give us a fresh understanding of the hope that we have and a fresh confidence in that hope that we have in Jesus. Zechariah had hope. He had hope as uh, one of the priests of the Lord to be elected to go into the temple. Uh, Zechariah, if if you want to flick to the next slide, thanks Karen. Uh, Zechariah's hope was that they would be able to enter not just the court, so that you see the women's courtyard on the outside, not just the altar area, but inside the Holy of Holies. So next slide, thanks Karen. And, and so what you see there is, is a picture of where Zechariah got to stand as the one offering incense before God. Now, this wasn't a guarantee in his life. 18,000 priests, one each year, was elected to go in and offer incense. This year, his hope was fulfilled. He got to go in. He got to go not just in, but to the inner and offer incense. And as Deuteronomy speaks of, if God was pleased with the aroma that was offered to him, he would meet with and speak to the person that approached him. Zechariah had a greater hope, the the hope shared of Israel, the, the Davidic king would return and that the kingdom would be restored to a place of greatness, that it wouldn't be Herod that was the king of the Jews, but actually the Davidic king would take his throne and they would no longer be this small nation picked on by others. So Zechariah had hope and as he went in, uh, as he went in, he went in with hope, but he was confronted by an angel and I've never met an angel like this, but he was fearful. This encounter with an angel called fear to stir within him such that the angel told him don't fear. But he also went in with another hope. He went in with a hope for a child. But for him this was probably a hope that was lost. A hope that had been distant for some time. Other people would have looked at Elizabeth and Zechariah and said what's wrong with them? Why haven't they got a child? Why has God not blessed them with a child? There must be something wrong with them. And Zechariah and Elizabeth, righteous people they were. This passage says they were righteous. There wasn't something wrong that caused them not to have children. The righteous people they were had not had a child as much as they had prayed. So he went in with this hope. 
And when the angel brings in this message that your wife is going to have a child, he, he says, well, how can I be sure? How can, how can this thing that I've almost given up hope on, because it says they're old in years, how can I be sure that I'm going to see this fulfilled? See, he'd lost hope. This barrenness wasn't a result of sin. It wasn't as a result of prayerlessness. But he was told he was going to receive a child. Now, what's funny is that for many years, the prophets have been silent. Back in uh, Micaiah, it, it points forward uh, to a time when someone in the spirit and power of Elijah will come. And as the person in the spirit and power of Elijah comes, the Davidic kingdom will be brought in. But for 400 years, the prophets have been silent. Now what's funny is that Zechariah questions the, the angel and now his made silent. And then the first voice of the prophet it speaks of in this passage uh, was John would come in the spirit and power of Elijah as a prophet to the people to point them in the way of the Lord. The first voice of a prophet to speak in over 400 years is the cry of a baby as Zechariah's child John comes into the world. The first voice Hope comes into the world with the cry of a child to be followed by another. And we'll, we'll unpack hope through a few different pictures across this series. But for Zechariah, he, he's confronted in this moment. And sometimes when our hope's fulfilled, we can lose sight of the one who is actually doing the fulfilling of hope. And so that's what's happened with him. And so he asks the question, how can I be sure Sometimes when our hope is fulfilled, it isn't actually what we might have expected our hope to be. It doesn't look like necessarily what we wanted. Uh, Zechariah wasn't planning to go into the temple and hear that hope will be fulfilled in a child that he was about to have. He was planning to just go and offer incense. But his great hope was fulfilled and then answered with an even greater hope fulfilled. And then a yet greater still hope fulfilled that the Messiah was coming sometimes though when we're on the verge of receiving what we hoped for we can find that discouragement gets in the way of what it is that we longed for sometimes when we're on the verge of receiving what we hoped for discouragement can get in the way of hope fulfilled so often that the enemy of our souls is happy to come into our circumstances and to take us off just off track just before we're about to receive what it is that God has prepared for us. And the encouragement from Zechariah is even when you're surprised, even when you're surprised by God, don't take your fix your eyes off the one who's able to fulfill your hope. Hope is something that's uh, next slide, thanks, Karen. 
Uh, hope is something that's really prevalent in our society. Uh, Dimmick's the bookstore recognises that it's something that's very much needed. I, I walked in this week and these are the three books that I saw. I saw uh, Barack Obama's uh, titled A Promised Land. It's a very biblical wording there. We have Michael J. Fox, No Time Like the Future, where he shares some of his journey and his battles. Uh, right at the centre, there's a, a book called Belief about Marlon Pickett, uh, a guy from a background of drugs and brokenness and jail who debuted in an AFL Grand Final 2019, kicked a key goal to support his team in terms of winning the Grand Final. Uh, in that book, Belief uh, about Marlon Pickett, it speaks about belief in oneself, about hope in oneself, hope for a better future. And so this message of hope is something that's core in our society over the next slide. Uh, hope is something that wakes us up in the morning. Maybe I hope it's a nice day. Maybe I hope the coffee machine works so that I can start my day. Uh, maybe it's greater hopes that wake you up. I, I hope today is the, the start of a better week for me. I hope today I find work. I hope today that I might reconnect with my family. I hope today I feel a little bit better about life. I hope today I don't feel so lonely. I hope today the COVID numbers go down. Hope is something that actually wakes us up in the morning. And when hope is absent from our lives, we actually find it hard to get out of bed. When hope is absent, we, we feel flat and depressed. It's almost like we're just existing in life. We're just going through the motions without hope for something better. Life is just existence. It's missing the vibrancy that is meant to be there. Without hope, life feels lifeless. See, hope causes us to persist and believe for something better when we don't see it. Hope causes us to persist in relationships, in work, in life. Hope is what stirs us up to look beyond our present towards a better future. Hope moves us beyond the cold reality of just existing. Do you ever feel like that? That you're just going through the motions, that you're just existing, that uh, I'm someone that resists routine as, as much as possible because I don't like the routineness of life but I'm, I, I need to keep routines because that's just the way life works. But if all we're doing is routines, it can feel like we're just existing. Now, where do we place our hope? Hope can't primarily be placed in our circumstances because they change. Other people influence them. We, we don't necessarily have as much control as we'd like. Hope can't pr primarily be placed in other people because other people let us down. Hope can't be placed in wealth, in a career, because in an instant, <laughs> things can change. For many people this year, what you hoped in has possibly changed. For many of your friends and family, what they hoped in has probably changed. Your hopes for 2020 weren't what we got. <laughs> no one hoped for what we got. Now, hope 
can't be in yourself. Because what you create yourself has to be sustained by yourself. And hope's only good in yourself as long as you can sustain it. And sooner or later, each one of us falls down. And so hope in ourselves is not enough. Our hope needs to be beyond ourselves, beyond our circumstances, beyond our wealth. Because if it's in these things, it's too small. Our hope needs to be in the one who can change our circumstances. Our hope needs to be in the one who can deliver what we hope for. Our hope needs to be in a person who's actually able to establish his kingdom. See, hope is something that changes our life and our priorities, shapes our way of thinking. Our hope is found in a person, Jesus, as he establishes his kingdom. That's a core Christian thing. Our hope is found in Jesus as he establishes his kingdom. Our hope is in him that he loves for us, that he cares for us, that he's leading us, that he sees the big picture of our lives and that he wants what's best for us more than we want what's best for us. This is Jesus as he establishes his his kingdom through us. What's the key prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray? It's on earth, our Father in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven, not on earth when we get to heaven, we're praying, Lord, your kingdom come through us, in our lives, around our lives. So, Lord, establish your kingdom. Our hope is his kingdom will be established. And his kingdom is a kingdom of peace, love, and joy. And so when his kingdom is established, it's a good thing for us as the people of God. So the reason we have breath in our bodies. The reason we exist on, on this world is so that we can fulfill the purposes of a king who has good plans for his kingdom to be established in this earth. That's why we gather as the people of God to see his kingdom come in us and through us and in the world around us. Practically, we pray, Jesus, what's your purpose for me? How can you use me, whether old or young, Jesus how can I partner with seeing your kingdom come? When we find that we don't have hope, when we find that hope's absent, we can be confident that God wants to restore hope to us. Uh, on the screen, there'll be Psalm 61. Can you flick the next no, it's not there. Well, in, in Psalm 61, it talks about how as we rest in him, God restores our hope. I think it's 61 verse 5. 65. There we go. Uh, in, in Psalm 60, 62.5. Oh, there it is. It is. Yes. Uh, yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. So what we see here is a pattern. Find rest in God and he will restore your hope. So as you find rest in God, he will restore your hope. In times when you're without hope, what do you need to do? You need to find rest in him. As we gather together and as we find our rest in him, Sunday is about rest, isn't it? And it's about the, the rest is, is it's remembering our story, restoring us into that story. As we find rest in him, he restores our hope. You see, our God is a God that is able to 
where things are dead bring resurrection. So there's no situation which is hopeless. And so we come to him as the one that raised his son Jesus Christ from the dead, confident that not only was he raised, but he reigns. Confident that the one who worked resurrection there is able to resurrect hope in every and any circumstances we come to him and are restored by him. As Christians, we look forward to the return of Jesus. We look forward to him coming again, making everything new. In Advent, that's one of the things that we remember, that Jesus not only came, he's coming again. But as we look forward, we live in this in-between time. And it's not a time without hope. We have hope that he will come and bring in the new heavens and the new earth. But he also calls us to pray now, your kingdom come. So heaven now. Not, uh, see, being a Christian is not just about us getting into heaven, but it's about heaven coming to earth in us and through us into this world that they will get a taste of what is to come. So in between, Jesus has placed us as we receive hope to be hope givers, life givers to the world. But can I do this? Can, can I know? Can, can I be part of it? You know, we look at Zechariah. He's gone into the temple. He's had a massive encounter with God through an angel who's brought him a message of hope for the people of Israel. Then John has been born into the world and John lays the way for Jesus. And do you know what it says in the Gospels? That everyone in the kingdom of God will be greater than him. Why is that? We've received the Holy Spirit. We have a message about Jesus that is even greater than the message that John had. And so we can have hope that God wants to use us in ways that are different from John, but greater than John. That's something to, to wrestle about and to think about, to get our minds around. Sometimes we can be unclear what that looks like. One of my passions is helping people to discover their gifts, their calling, their purpose, uh, how their Father in Heaven sees them so that they can then live that identity out in the world. And you'll see that come through my ministry. And I'd love to walk with you as you discover more of that yourself. So as a church, we're going to walk together in months and years to come to discover what it is that Jesus has got for us between his coming and his coming again. What it is that he wants to do amongst St. Barnabas as we gather together and encourage each other as the people of God. And we can be certain of one thing, that as he did in John, uh, John had this mission of restoring fathers to son, that relationships would be restored horizontally. We can be confident that God wants to do that through us, that he wants to restore relationships within the church and outside the church, but then also confident that vertically God wants to restore and reconnect people to himself through us. These are things that we can be confident about our purpose as we gather as the people of God together. And we'll walk it out and we'll discover the little steps the little prompts, the little ways in which we can follow him together. As the people of Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, falling, uh, following the call of our Good Shepherd, Jesus is wanting to restore hope in us. Jesus is wanting to restore hope in the world. Maybe for you, for the first time, Jesus is wanting to give you hope 
that moves beyond yourself. Will you let him? Will you partner with him? Let me pray. Father God, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus into the world. Uh, Jesus, we thank you that you came as an infant, that you lived the perfect life, that you died the death that was ours, that you defeated death, uh, sin and evil, that you were raised to life and that you reign. Uh, Jesus, we, we thank you that you are indeed the saviour of the world. We thank you that you offer us hope. Uh, we thank you that you offer us life and life with abundance. We turn to you, Lord, and ask that where hope has been lost, that you would restore hope. Uh, Lord, Lord, where faith has waned, uh, that you would restore it. Uh, Lord, where we're needing uh, encouragement, use each other. Use each of us to be encouragers of each other. Uh, give us words and encouragements in season for each other, Lord, that in this Christmas season we will be restored to the fullness of hope that we have in your Son. And together uh, we pray uh, the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from a time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen.